Hello and welcome to the Show Me Institute podcast. I'm Zach Lawhorn, and today I'm joined by the Show Me Institute's Director of Government Accountability, Patrick Ishmael. Hello. And Phil Olerking, a research assistant at the Show Me Institute. Hello. And today we're going to talk about government accountability and transparency and how we know what government's spending our money on. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so for the last 18 months, two years? Uh, probably about two years. 18 months is, is probably a closer ballpark, but it's about two years, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. You guys have been working on a project called the Municipal Checkbook. Mm-hmm. And so, Patrick, if you could kind of just set some guideposts here, what what's entailed in the Municipal Checkbook project? Sure. Well, you know, going back a few years, um, even before we started the Municipal Checkbook project, we had an interest in trying to find out what the state was spending its money on. And at that time, we didn't really have the computing power to do everything that we wanted, but we were able to get the data fairly easily. Uh, and fast forward a couple years. Um, we had the computing power, and we realized, well, you know, now that we have the state's spending, I mean, that's only kind of, you know, half the puzzle, because obviously municipal governments also tax, and they also spend people's money, and yet it's very hard to actually find out what they're spending their money on, or at least it wasn't clear how you would find that out, and, and when Phil and I started this project, uh, we were kind of starting from scratch, because I don't think there had been a lot of research or a lot of attempts at doing this kind of thing, you know, not just in Missouri, but across the country, and uh, we made uh, heavy use of the Sunshine Law, which allows for the public to ask cities and, and the state and, and local entities uh, for certain bits of information, including spending information. And um, Phil can tell you about all of the cities and counties and school districts and all, all the requests that went out. But it was hundreds of requests, almost 200 cities alone, uh, all the counties in the state. Uh, and what we found was that where, uh, to, to the extent that you can get information, it varies greatly depending on where you might live. And it didn't really matter about how big the city was or how small the city was. As far as we were concerned, it really had a lot to do with city culture. Uh, and so you would have cities that would be, you know, uh, 5,000 people or so that would charge us or try to charge us tens of thousands of dollars, and then a comparable city that would just give us the information for free. Uh, large cities that would charge us either very little or provide it for free, or large cities that would try to, you know, charge you $1,000 uh, in the case of Jefferson City, the seat of the state, uh, didn't really want to provide their spending information. So, uh, and, and Phil has the details and all that, but it was a really fascinating project. It's an ongoing project, and I think if you're to take any lessons from it, it's that um, it is very difficult for individuals in the state to get information about where their money is going, particularly at the local level. The state's fairly good at it. It's fairly open about it. But uh, at the city level, uh, it really is hit or miss, and that really needs to change. So you send out the sunshine request, and what's the next step after that? What happened? Did you get the response that you thought you'd get? Most of the cities that we reached out to the, in the counties and the school districts did reply back to us as is legally required. (laughs) Um, So kudos to them for following the law. Uh, Yeah, and I mean, as far as the responses go, like Patrick said, it kind of depended on where you live. There are cities like Baldwin and even the city of St. Louis that have their spending available already on their websites. There were some other cities that uh, were able to provide us their information at little to no cost. Chesterfield was able to provide it at no cost. So do you have any idea on when they cite you a cost? What goes into that cost? What are what are cities having to pay for to provide this information to you? In one sense, it is sort of reasonable to expect sometimes for cities to, to charge for the time that they're doing. But uh, as we have found out, 
the charges ranged from ten dollars uh, to thirty five thousand dollars from cities like Battlefield, twenty five thousand dollars from Hollister. And I think when you look at the local government, I mean, sometimes it's folks who who may not be there. Uh, it may not be their primary job, or it may be a secondary job, it, they, or it may be their full-time job, but they're just really not acquainted with the Sunshine Law. And so in the case of, I think, New Madrid, what they did was uh, we had made a request, uh, and and they returned and said, uh, it'll cost $9,000 to get you this information. Later on, the St. Louis Business Journal made the same request, and the quote to them was less than $3,000. So already there's kind of a problem because you have two different quotes for the the same information. And when we asked, well, why was there a difference? They said, well, uh, when the business journal asked for the information, the clerk, I think, was not Mm -hmm. available. uh, And so it had to go to a lower salaried person who could provide the information, which is actually the opposite of how the Sunshine Law is supposed to work. They should have started with the lower cost person in our case, instead of starting with whom the person who may have been the most expensive person. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it shouldn't matter whether you're a newspaper, uh, whether you're just an individual, whether you're an educational institution. Uh, you should be getting the same quote for the same information, you know, regardless of who you are. And the fact that there's variation, you know, it, it could be accidental, it could be nefarious, but the end result to the public is that you're not really going to be getting this information, and it's not being provided, to my mind, uh, uh, in, in compliance with the Sunshine Law. In the case of New Madrid, it was literally the opposite of, of what they should have been doing by using the most expensive person the first time and then saying, well, that most expensive person or mo- more expensive person wasn't available. Now we'll go to a less expensive person. Um, but, but I, you know, nefarious or not, you know, accidental or not, the result is the public isn't getting this information. And if the public can't get it by asking directly, then really the only thing that's left is to make sure that the state, the state w- of, of which these are subdivisions of, that have been created to help the state basically manage uh, the services being provided, the state is going to have to require that these cities provide this information just as a matter of, you know, the course of business. Before it's it's the, the cost of existing as a city is being able to tell the taxpayer, uh, okay, we have taken your money, regardless of whether you want to give it to us or not, this is how we're spending it. And if they can't tell you how they're spending it, uh, that's a serious problem, and, and it, I think it'll probably require the state stepping in and saying you have to pri- provide this information because, unfortunately, you're not seeing consistent compliance. Were there any cities that initially did not comply but then maybe reconsidered or you had to, to sunshine them again? So there's uh, one famous case from North Kansas City. First time we sent out a sunshine request to them, uh, they returned a quote of roughly $1,600, so a large quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we released our cost of transparency video, and people within their administration, I guess, uh, not only saw the video, but also went to the website and saw how many records we already had. In response to that, they sent a letter to us saying that, look, we saw the video, we were convinced by it, we also saw how many records you have, therefore, here are the last five years of our spending data for free. Now, to <laughs> which, be fair... Which, which was great. We're, right. we're very happy to right. see that. Uh, to be fair, though, they did send it uh, in a shoebox uh, in paper form. So not exactly the uh, format that we were requesting, but happy that they at least sent us 
something. And so you mentioned uh, there was a scale from zero to 35,000. Let's talk about the 35,000. So the city of Battlefield uh, came back to our first Sunshine request and uh, said that uh, our request was wide-ranging, even though we said we wanted to last five years, uh, and that because the request was going to be so large, it was going to cost thirty-five thousand over $35,000 to fulfill the request. Now, uh, that seems a little high uh, for just an average taxpayer in the city of Battlefield. I mean, really what it's saying is, is that we are going to give a, you know, it's possible that they could have even justified the cost, saying that, look, it's going to take this clerk a year at a rate of $35,000 salary to fulfill the cost. But in reality, what it's saying is, is the city of Battlefield hasn't prioritized making this information available at a low cost to its citizens. And so if I live in the city of Battlefield, essentially what my government is telling me is that the cost of transparency is going to be high. And, and I mean, to, to keep in mind, you know, as we're talking about this, these cities are, by and large, or maybe all of them, are already required to submit financial information to the state on at least an annual basis, and it's a summary report. And the only way that you can get a summary report is if you are aware and have access to the components that go into it, including your spending. And so the notion that that some of this information doesn't exist, or you know, in, in a format that you can export fairly quickly, doesn't seem very likely. Um, but it also creates this very unfortunate situation where, you know, the purpose of transparency is to make sure that everything's on the up and up, and so everyone is, uh, you know, co- confident that their government is doing what it's supposed to do. And what we we kind of realized with this, the way that these um, responses came in was that the cities that are providing this information for free and are willing to, to provide it and are the ones under, if, if you have to ask for it all, are the ones that are probably going to get the most scrutiny because you actually have their information, which they provided you for free because maybe they, they believe in transparency. And at the same time, you have places like uh, Battlefield or Hollister, who know how the Sunshine Law operates, and uh, and even if uh, maybe a city doesn't say thirty five thousand or twenty five thousand, maybe they say ten thousand or five thousand or one thousand dollars, they can kind of m- make their response look like uh, that to comply is going to be really expensive, and I think for the average citizen, a thousand dollars, maybe even five hundred dollars, prices you out. And so you end up having this kind of blind spot where um, there are these cities that say, oh, well, you know, we're complying with the Sunshine Law by saying here's a quoted price, but they are completely pricing out anybody who would be able to access them. And then meanwhile, the folks that we can take a look at, um, there may be something wrong in those financials, but they have at least gone through the trouble of providing that information either for free or at a reasonable cost, and yet they're the ones that are going to get the most scrutiny. What is your ideal version of reform in this area? Well, I think the, the, the simplest approach um, is one that uh, the state has to undertake. And they basically say, um, you know, as a condition of, of being able to take money from people, essentially through force, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not earning the money. They're not asking for the money. They're taking the money from people. So as a condition of having those, uh, that opportunity, shall we say, uh, you have to tell us, the state, 
how you're spending the money. I mean, you have to produce what your checkbook register essentially looks like. Uh, and what that includes uh, is date, vendor, um, um, memo information to the extent that it's available, uh, and at least the amount. Uh, and, and uh, you know, modern accounting software generally allows for you to be able to do that. There's no reason to believe that there are lots of cities here that cannot, if asked, produce that kind of information if they really want to. Um, and uh, if uh, once that information is gathered by the city, they would send it to the state, and the state would host a website where you could actually search through all of the spending by city or altogether. One thing that, that's been brought up in the legislature is the fact that this isn't just a, a good idea or a good opportunity to make this information public for taxpayers themselves. Uh, it's also an opportunity for cities to see how, how much other cities are paying for certain services, sometimes through the exact same vendor. And so if one city is paying twice uh, of, of what another city is paying for the exact same vendor, they can go back to the vendor at some point and say, hey, uh, you're overcharging us, or at least to our opinion, you're overcharging us compared to this other city, which you has a much better deal with you. We'd like to have the deal that you have with this city, too. So you've built the checkbook portal. What's next? Well, I mean, the, 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 the real big question is whether or not there's going to be uh, a change in, in the law that essentially requires this. Um, you know, I think cities are, are squawking a lot about, oh, you know, unfunded mandates and such. Uh, but the, the idea that it is additional work to produce information that you already have for money that you have taken from other people and are spending presumably on their, their behalf, uh, I don't think it passes a smell test. And, and I think that just, you know, looking just at the uh, at Hancock, which dictates the, the sorts of uh, burdens that you can place on cities, even if you look at the actual rules and, and the case law around it, it, it is not a burden to require cities to produce something that they should already have. And it certainly isn't the objective of Hancock to prevent the public from seeing how its government is operating and spending their money. I think that would be a perversion of, of the law. Uh, and, uh, and I think it's very important that the state take steps to ensure that the public can see what local governments are spending, who they're spending it with, and that they're able to see it online in a fairly updated format. If you go to the showmeinstitute.org, what you will find is both uh, graphical interfaces for a state checkbook project and for a version of a municipal checkbook project, which we think can be scaled up for the state itself. But we have checkbooks for hundreds of local governments, including uh, counties, uh, school districts, and uh, well over 100 municipalities as well. So definitely go to showmeinstitute.org, check it out, search around. You might find your own city. And if you don't, uh, give us a heads up and we may make a request. Phil, Patrick, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.